That's one of the main things that made America strong was church. And last week, we talked about the giants, how there was the daddy and four sons. And that's why some people believe David picked up five stones because there was five of those giants, not just one. And when David killed the first one, the other ones came later. And some other people in the Jewish army, the Israelis, they had to pick up the slack and go fight the giants. And guess what? It wasn't David that killed the giant. It was God that killed all of them. Because he was on the side of his people. And so I want to talk about that today. About how God is on the side of your people, of his people. God is on the side of his people. Don't let your emotions or other people ever convince you that God is against you. God is for you. And the Bible says, if God be for you, who what can be against you? In other words, nobody can have victory over you if God has you in the palm of his hand. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes. You know, last week, we really didn't want to be gone last week. But we did, and we enjoyed it, except for the first day where... We had a little fender bender that totaled Susie's car on the highway. But we were not hurt and at all. And it could have been so much worse. Uh, hit full speed by somebody else and hit on the front end. It kind of turned us around. But if it had been the pa uh, driver's door, if it had been just about three feet back, we would have had a big problem. And so the Lord protected us that day, right? The Lord protected us. He does that. I wonder how many times God has protected you. Have you ever thought about it? How many times has God protected me from things I didn't even know were there? You know, when David went out to fight that giant, he probably didn't know there was four more of them. Or he might have been a little more worried about it. And so sometimes we just got to take what comes. I like that old song, one day at a time. Sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Remember that? Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. But Jesus Christ fights our battles for us. He fights and defeats those giants for us. And that's why we are desperate for him. I'm glad Charlotte picked that song out. I am desperate for you, it says. I am desperate for you. Because really, America needs to get desperate for Jesus Christ again. And they, we need, as a, as a nation, we need to realize what made us strong and what made us the greatest superpower ever in history. It's not because of you or me or our ancestors. It's because of Jesus Christ. And I believe we should, as Christians, be looking to the future. And the future is bright if we place it in the hands of Jesus Christ. And so, I like the scripture that's right after the giant story that we read last week. 2 Samuel chapter 22. Check it, 2 Samuel chapter 22 verse 1. 
and we'll read a scripture there. And I, uh, David and all the guys that have worked and gals, thank you for the new lights in here. It's wonderful, isn't it? It looks so much nicer. Things are coming along. And I, I'm hoping and praying that we can get back to Sunday school next week. I'm not real sure yet. It's uh, Mostly it's based on how well they get the smoke damage out of our Sunday school classrooms over there. But uh, we're really hoping that can be done this next week. So I'll, we'll keep you posted. That's why it's important that you get the text messages because it's about the best way to keep all of us informed. We don't bombard you one after another. But uh, two or three times a week, you get a text maybe or maybe even once a week telling what's going on on Wednesday night or what's been happening. And I hope that you can sign up for that or check our Facebook page real often. And uh, we post the things there as well. But on verse 1 of chapter 22, David spoke unto the Lord the words of this song. Now, you get that part? David spoke unto the Lord the words of this song. Now, isn't that interesting? So God gave David a song, and he spoke it back to the Lord. Now, that's kind of what that song says that says every blessing is turned back to praise. That's what it means. When God gives to us, we give back to him, you know. And I'm not going to harp on money, but I want to just say one thing. A person that gives their life to the Lord, but then they always give God the leftovers, is missing out on the greatest blessings they could possibly get. We should give God the first fruits of our labor. And so it goes on to say, He spoke back to the Lord the words of this song, In the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hands of his enemies and out of the hands of Saul. And so immediately David began to praise God that he spared his life. And that's what that means. That he's praising God that he spared his life. I was thankful that God spared our life in that wreck last week. I was thankful that God spared any harm from anyone here at the church during this fire. I am thankful that God has spared us so that we could be here together today to praise his name for all he does. This is why we need to come to church, because praying together and praising together falls on the ears of God. It's very powerful. In fact, it's very scriptural. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways and pray, then I will hear from the host of heaven. And I will heal, heal their land. So God, he will heal our land when heaven cries out. And so the voices together, collectively, yes, our individual prayers do matter and do count. But when we can pray together and praise together, it's almost like turning up the volume and all of heaven hears it. And they cry out to God and he heals our land. David said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Jesus Christ is our rock, our fortress, and our deliverer. I love that. What does it mean when Jesus is your rock? It means your life is on solid ground. Right now, 
Most people cannot say that. And they're confused and they're afraid. And even Christians are afraid a lot. I get afraid once in a while, you know. I'll get a cough or a headache and I'll go, oh, no, what is it? Huh? I mean, sometimes we slip a little in our faith. But uh, we got to stand firm in Jesus' name. He is our rock. A rock that does not fail. It's not the sinking sand of the world. It's not shifting sand that one day this is right and the next day it's wrong. It's unbelievable how it seems like the social media influencers are writing the morals for our nation. And I, am, I reject that in Jesus' name. It is the Word of God that teaches us right from wrong and nothing else. And that is what's made us strong, and that's what will make us stronger. It may not be popular right now to go by the Bible, but we should still stand on the rock. Not only that, he says he's a fortress. Susie and I went to Fort Cody. You ever been there? It's not a real fort, it's a gift shop. But it looks like a fort. <laughs> I like those old things. I like old westerns, and I guess because I'm old. I went and watched the new Clint Eastwood movie this week. He's 90-some years old, and he's still got it. You know? And I was looking at different comments on there, and I thought, well, seems like the real young ones didn't like it too much. What does that mean? I loved it. Jesus is our fortress. That means he is surrounding us with angels to protect us for his purpose. We had that wreck. Susie said, I've been praying for God to protect us. And I said, well, he did. He did. I mean, we're spinning around on the highway with all the airbags everywhere. I've never seen so many airbags. I didn't know there was so many airbags. And we didn't even get a bruise. And Susie's airbag, she's so short, I was afraid it'd hurt her. You know what it did? I ain't never seen this before. Airbag on the steering wheel goes. <laughs> I thought, well, the Lord was even protecting Susie from the airbag. So I just give praise to God for that. Some would say, well, statistics say that one out of blah, blah, blah will survive, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear that. Jesus did it. Amen. And every day I get up and live to see another day, Jesus did it. Because he is not finished with you yet. So he's not only our rock. But he's our fortress, and he surrounds us and protects us until he's ready to call us home. And he goes on to say that he is our deliverer. Boy, we need deliverance in our country today. People, I've never seen a time in my life where so many people were addicted to different things, lots of different things. We need deliverance. Deliverance. We cannot do it on our own. We've got to be desperate for the Lord. I know that scripture 
that is found over in, uh, let's see here, in Luke. You might flip over there with me. In Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. In verse 2. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of crippled folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down to the, in a certain time, from time to time is what that means, and he would trouble the water, and the water would start rippling, all right? And it says, whoever got into the water after the troubling of the water first, whoever got in first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of the whosoever disease, whatsoever disease he had, okay? Now, I've got to stop right there and talk about that just a little bit. Uh, now, let me, let me ask you this. If we build us a pool and we build five patios around it for people to sit on or rest on, or is an angel going to come to that water and start ripple and start rippling it so people can get the first one that gets in gets healed? Well, the answer to that, I believe, is if God told us specifically to do that for that purpose, then the answer is yes. All right, but sometimes we try to fit God's actions into our little box. Sometimes we try to fit our beliefs into a little box and ask God to approve of it. Sometimes we try, I say it like this sometimes, sometimes we try to add God to our resume instead of letting God totally change who we are. And my point is this, on that day, in that time, it was God's will for an angel to come down to those healing waters and heal people. That doesn't mean he's going to do that the same way every time in every city for everybody every year. It just doesn't mean that. And we've got to stop thinking that everybody's got to do what we do in order to get to heaven. The reality of it is, whosoever believeth on him, that God raised him from the dead, confesses with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believes in their heart that God brought him back out of that grave, shall be saved. And all the other stuff is peripheral. But on this day, these people were, they wanted to be the first one in, didn't they? I mean, they were so desperate for physical healing. But don't they know that if they die crippled, they wake up healed? But don't they know that this, this crippling disease is only temporary? That eternity is awaiting? And so, see, our human minds, it's, we're programmed to want things to be right here in this life. And that's okay. But the main thing is after this life. 
Because that's what's going to last forever. Are you laying up treasures in heaven? What does that mean? Giving to the Lord without asking back. And I'm not just talking about money. All kinds of things. Talent, time, work, uh, leading people to Jesus. Every time you bring someone to the Lord, every time you lead someone to the Lord, there's a star in your crown. And I'm not sure what all that means, but I know it's good. And it lasts forever. We as a church have got to start thinking about the things that last forever. We've got to start being desperate for others to come to know the Lord. And we ourselves need to be desperate for the Lord. I'm telling you, when you get hit by a car on the highway, you are suddenly desperate for the Lord. Don't wait until your circumstances make you desperate for God. Be desperate for Him now. You got a task in front of you? Be desperate that he will come help you. So desperate that you, I mean, you are pushing people out of the way. You are getting in that water first. If you want it, how bad do you want it? As a, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm loving Jesus right now, but there's a lot of people out there that are just playing a game. They're just playing a game. It hasn't changed their life one bit. They still talk just like they always did. They still go to the same places they always went. They still do every single thing that God is against, and they know it. I'm telling you, they're playing a game, and one of these days it's going to be too late. The trumpet's going to sound, or God's going to call your name, and you cannot run, get in the water. And I would urge you to be desperate for the Lord. Every day, first, be saved. Give your life to Jesus. God does not hate you. He is not against you. In fact, he died for you. And the Bible says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can tribulation? No. How about distress? No. What about persecution? No. Or famine? No. Nakedness, perilous, sword, many more things that happen. No, 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 nothing can separate you from the love of God. He has made you more than conqueror. You know why? Because you don't have to kill all those giants. You don't have to have one champion kill them for you here in this life because Jesus is winning it for you in his holy name. He is the one. He is your mighty fortress. He is the one to be desperate for. I'm so thankful you know, the devil's trying to stop us, but he's not going to win. He's going down. He's going to burn in the lake of fire. I think that's sad myself because I think it's sad that a third of the angels turned on God. Can you imagine that? You know, when people turn on you in life, I know that's never happened to anybody here. When people turn on you in life and you really can't figure out why and it just drives you crazy because you just can't figure it out, just remember this. 
a third of the angels turned on God. A third of the angels. The whole Jewish synagogue and courts and everybody turned on Jesus. It's the way life is, guys. If you're going to live for the Lord, there are going to be some folks that just don't like you just cause. They don't have to have a reason. They just don't like you. Because you have Jesus in you and they don't like Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is in you and they don't... You know what Jesus said to Peter? He said, flesh and blood did not reveal you this, Peter. In other words, our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will touch other people's lives and their heart will soften and they'll come to know the Lord. But don't get discouraged. Never, never, never quit. Never surrender to the devil. We are going to fight this fight in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter who likes it and who doesn't like it. That is up to God. We've got to stop reacting to peers, to change our behavior and we got to love them say look i had someone tell me this week i never had this happen before somebody said uh, you know all the hate in this country i mean he was serious right in my face all the hate in this country is because of you baptists that was the first time i ever got one of them I mean, I've had a lot of similar, you know, I've had people blame all, blame all the Christians or whatever, but uh, not right down on to the Baptists. And I said, well, I said, that's a new one on me. And, uh, oh, yeah. And I said, well, here's what I think. I think that when I said, you're about as old as I am or older. And I said, I, when we were kids, the word hate didn't mean what it does now. When we were kids, uh, you could have a good discussion and you could be heated about it and you could really feel strongly about it, but you didn't hate each other. And that's what we're missing right now. Because now if you disagree, you're called a hater. Well, I reject that. Because, you know why? I disagree with a lot of people. And I don't hate them. Here's how I define hate. This is just me. You may have your own way to look at it. If I am so against someone that I wish they would die and burn in hell, that's hate. To me, that's hate. But I can't think of one person that fits that description to me. Even, even somebody that I just, I mean, there's a few folks. I mean, Will Rogers, he would have never said what he said if he had lived in 2021. Because there's some folks that's awfully hard to like. But I don't hate them. You know what I want for them? I want them to find the Lord and be in heaven with us. And we should be praying for our leaders that way. Lord, please touch their hearts. Let them turn toward you. 
make a place in heaven for them if they do and then lead them the right path. Doesn't matter what political party. You know, I get accused of being too political. Maybe I am at times. But I'll tell you right here and now, and I, you can write it down and date it. Randall Christie does not put my faith in a political party. I put all my faith in Jesus. <clears throat> but I am going to talk about issues. I am going to talk about what's right and what's wrong. The Bible is pretty clear. And a lot of folks are in denial. But one day, they'll be desperate. The Bible says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that we want that to happen before he comes back, don't we? You know, I can't think of one thing that would be better for my worst enemy, which I don't even know who that is. But if I had one, I can't think of one thing better than for that person to get saved and get right, for, right with Jesus. And that's what I want people to see in us from Union Valley. I want people to see in us from Union Valley that we love people. It doesn't matter what lifestyle they're living. It doesn't matter what background. It sure doesn't matter what race, and I'm getting so tired of that. It doesn't matter what denomination they're from or what they're doing bad in their life. We love them, and we pray for them. Now, that doesn't mean we have to get down there and do that stuff with them. That's different. We pray for them. We care for them. We help them. We give out food all the time. We help people find housing sometimes. God knows what we do. We don't have to constantly defend ourselves because Jesus is our defender. He is our defender. He's our fortress, our rock. And nothing will defeat us because he loves us and he's on our side. We are more than conquerors in Jesus' name. And in John it says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Hey, is that a definite proclamation or what? Come on. Now we are the sons of God. You are the daughter of God. You are the son of God. You are the child of God. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's not, well, let's wait and see who they turn out to be. When you give your life to Christ, you are the sons of God. You don't have to be confused on who you are. You don't have to search to find yourself. You don't have to wonder what your purpose in life is because he will eventually reveal it. You don't have to wonder where he wants you to go because you'll end up like uh, the honeycuts. One day you'll be in Ada and the next day you'll be back in Georgia. Why? Because we serve the Lord, not man. Confusion is killing our culture, and Satan is the author of confusion. And so I wanted to share with you this morning about running to find what God has for you. When you feel the Holy Spirit, please don't hold back. 
try to be the first one in line. You know, at the buffet, I like to be the first one in line. There's various reasons for that. I know the Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first, but we're talking about the buffet. When Jesus has something for you, you run to get it. You run to get it. I'm going to close in 1 John chapter 3. Verse 16. Well, Randall, how do you know that God is doing this stuff and it's not just happen, happening by chance or coincidence? Or, You know, good things happen to a lot of people even if they're not saved. The Bible says that. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? And uh, now when I was a kid, I thought that was a bad thing because when it rained, I had to mow the grass. But when I got older, I realized the rain was a good thing. We change as we go through life, don't we? Yeah, it rains on the... I drove through... Uh, I was having a meeting in Oklahoma City, and I drove through Nichols Hills, Wilshire Boulevard. You ever been through there? And I'm looking at this house, and I'm looking at that house. I'm thinking, what do these people do for a living? And then I think to myself, somebody has to clean that monstrosity. And then I think, Lord, I would never stop fixing stuff if I lived in that house. And then I think, well, maybe, see, me and Susie, we're building us a new house. Did y'all know that? We are. We keep, we keep saying that anyway. So far, we've poured the pads for the logs to sit on. And it's going to be 24 foot wide and 24 foot long. One story. Out in the woods. But I did something just in case. Just in case I get in the doghouse. I've got a big space underneath the house. And I'm going to put me a big screen down there. And a recliner. What more does a man need but a big screen and a recliner? If y'all are trying to find some spiritual meaning in that story, you might as well forget it. Let's look at John 3, verse 16. Okay, guys, would you stand with me? We know that we know that we know that the Lord is with us and in our heart. Amen. When you've given your life to Christ. If you're here this morning and you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, you can do that today. You don't have to live in this world of fear and confusion. And so, 
Read this with me, and we have different versions. That's okay. Read it with me anyway. Verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16, 1 John. Hereby perceive we the love of God, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Wow. Folks, it's, it's going to get, I hate to say this, but it is going to get very challenging in the coming years for Christians. And we're going to find that we're facing what they faced in the early church. Persecution from a world that wants to push us out. But God is on our side. And here's how we know that he loved us. Because he laid down his life for us. And we should lay down ours for our brethren. That means fellow Christians. And I am excited today that I have something I can share with people. The love of Christ that will become their rock, their fortress, and their defense. I believe it in Jesus' name. Don't you? Would you bow your heads? If there's anyone here that has not accepted Christ as your Savior, and you'd like to this morning, would you just lift your hand and let me see that real quick? Anybody, you say, I've not given my life to Jesus, but I really want to. I want to know for 